Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we're going to be going in-depth into my week number 10 running back rankings and tiers for the 2023 fantasy football season. Inside today's video, we're going to be going in-depth all the way from running backs 1 through 36 for week number 10 and telling you guys why I like or dislike these running backs based upon where I have them ranked. So before we could get into things here, though, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you're doing up enjoying today's video that you please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below while you're down there whether you are new to the channel or not please make sure to leave a like on today's video it would help me out a ton if you want to follow me on twitter or x please do so at notorious fntsy so without further ado let's get into my top 36 running back rankings and tiers for week number 10 of the 2023 fantasy football season we begin with the S tier at the running back position at number one with Christian McCaffrey, running back of the San Francisco 49ers, going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars this week in Jacksonville. Now, just like that lady who was on the plane who said, this motherfucker is not real. Christian McCaffrey is not real. This man has 13 touchdowns in eight games on the season. I think coming out of the bye week, the San Francisco 49ers offense is going to be pumped up. I think Brock Purdy looks a lot better to me. Christian McCaffrey is the most reliable running back in fantasy football every single week. This guy's basically a lock to be a top five running back this week up against the Jags. I think this matchup could be very high scoring and I think McCaffrey will finish at the end of the week as the running back number one. At number two, we got Austin Eckler of the LA Chargers going up against the Detroit Lions at home in LA. Now, once we saw Austin Eckler return from injury coming out the bye week in week number six, he goes against Dallas. RB25, then RB40, but recently he's been the RB6 and 4 over the last two weeks, scoring at least one or more touchdown in both, one or more touchdowns in both of those games. Going up against the Lions defense, obviously this isn't some cupcake matchup, but at the end of the day, Austin Eckler is the Chargers offense, so if the Chargers are able to keep up in this game, if this game ends up being close, we are going to be seeing a shit ton of Austin Eckler, and again, he feels like a very safe bet to be a top 5, top 6 running back on the week. At number three, we got Brees Hall of the New York Jumbo Jets going up against the Las Vegas Raiders in Viva Las Vegas. Now, last week, basically every single thing went wrong for the Jets offense that could have possibly went wrong. Not only did Zach Wilson look like Stevie Wonder in the pocket, there were too many turnovers and they kept just shooting themselves in the foot, shooting themselves in the leg like their name was Plastico Burris. This week, I don't think that is going to happen as much up against a bad Raiders run defense. I think they're going to unleash Brees Hall and he's going to go back to his former glory. Now, last week, running back 23, but the prior three games of that, running back 7, 4, and 3 in PPR. And I think we are going to see a top five performance out of Brees Hall this week. Again, as long as Zach Wilson doesn't just fuck everything up, we should see a ton of Brees Hall in this game. At number four, we have Alvin Kamara of the New Orleans Saints going up against the cold like Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota. Now, last week was Alvin Kamara's worst game on the season, and it wasn't even close. 26 rushing yards, 44 receiving yards with no touchdowns, only 11 fantasy points in that game. But prior to last week up against the Bears in a wet dream matchup, he has been a top 10 running back every single week. Now, I understand that the Vikings defense is definitely a lot better than I thought they would be, and they've gotten better as the season has went along. But at the end of the day, when you're in an offense with Derek Carr, where you could potentially get 10 or more targets in any given game, 
you need to be ranked inside of the top five. At number five, we got Joe Mixon going up against the Houston Texans at home in Cincinnati. Back-to-back weeks inside the top 10 at the running back position for Mixon. I've talked about Mixon a ton this season as a guy that heavily relies on the Bengals offense, right? If the Bengals offense is flying off the screen, if they're a team that's balling out, they're smacking the fuck out of a team, or they're at least just remotely in the game, then Joe Mixon is going to have a good game. But when the Bengals are down and out, you know, they're calling uncle, then Joe Mixon is probably not going to have the best game. This should be a game that they either win, should win, or at least are able to keep close up against the Houston Texans to where Joe Mixon could score that touchdown and have a solid game. He scored a touchdown in back-to-back weeks, and I think he repeats it this week up against a Texans defense that just got spit-roasted by Rashad with two A's white and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. At number six, we got Travis Etienne going up against the San Francisco 49ers at home in Jacksonville. Now, I 100% understand that the 49ers front seven is scary. They now have Chase Young Moolah, baby, there as well. But when push comes to shove, I am not going to try to get cute here, right? I'm not going to try to galaxy brain and overthink things. Prior to the bye week, this man was the running back five, four, two, and one over the last four weeks. Don't just start to panic because the matchup, plus the 49ers defense hasn't looked great recently. I think they will look better coming out the bye, but if you are ranking ETN outside of the top eight, top six, to me, you are a little bit crazy. Moving now to the A tier with running back number seven, Josh Jacobs of the Las Vegas Raiders going up against the Jumbo Jets. Now, this is a tough matchup on paper for Josh Jacobs, but I do really think with the firing of Josh McDaniels, this team is going to continue to ride hot. It seems like Aiden O'Connell likes to dump the rock off to Josh Jacobs, who's been a top 12 running back in back-to-back weeks. Obviously, his upside is limited by the matchup and that's why I have him not ranked inside the S tier. But at the same time, I don't want to just push him deep down the rankings because of the matchup when he has ran very well as of recently. At number eight, we got Jonathan Taylor of the Indianapolis Colts going up against the New England Patriots in Germany. Guten Tag, 9.30 a.m. Running back seven last week against the Panthers, scoring a touchdown as well as having around 60 all-purpose yards. Now, the conundrum that Jonathan Taylor is stuck in at the moment is that Zach Moss's usage has started to dip, but you know damn well he is still there, right? They could get to the goal line and magically, like a tag team, Zach Moss is in there and he scores the touchdown. If you're a Jonathan Taylor owner, you're pulling your fucking hair out. But at the end of the day, this is a great spot up against the Patriots defense in Germany. I feel like the Colts love to just run the rock a ton. Jonathan Taylor's a guy that could see four or five targets in this game to help cement himself even further as a top 12 option. He's been relatively safe over the last three weeks since they started to actually, you know, give him the keys to the offense, give him the reigns. So Jonathan Taylor here, pretty safe bet inside the top 10. At number nine, we have Tony Pollard of the Dallas Cowboys going up against the New York football Giants at home in Dallas. Last time against the Giants in week one, Tony Pollard was the RB5 scoring two touchdowns. And that was the last fucking time this season that he scored a touchdown. Watching Tony Pollard play is like back when you were in high school or college and someone gave a presentation and that person could not handle public speaking. Now, if you're someone like that, it's okay. I'm not the best at giving public speeches as well, especially in front of like two, 300 people. But 
in class and you're sitting there and this person is like today fucking junior yeah they can't figure it out they can't speak that's like what what it feels like to watch tony pollard someone just stumbling and bumbling over their speech trying to talk about something they can't remember they're staring at their note cards they look like a fucking dumbass that's how i feel i feel like the dumbass watching tony pollard because there's so many opportunities for him to score there's so many great opportunities and he just swings and misses so again, this motherfucker's been the running back 27 and 41 over the last two weeks coming out the bye week. Hopefully, against the Giants is where we start to see that old version of Tony Pollard from earlier on in the season. But again, when it comes to Pollard, I am starting to get nervous, and I think anyone that has Tony Pollard on their team is also in the same boat as me as pretty nervous. At number 10, we got Derrick Henry of the Titans, Tractor Cito, going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa Bay. Last three games, running back 6, 12, and 5. To me, the reason why Derrick Henry has struggled this season at points, running back 67 in Week 3, running back 28 in Week 5 against the Colts, was due to the fact that the Titans' offense was pretty inept with Ryan Tannehill under center, right? And if the offense wasn't able to at least be remotely in the game, right? If they're getting dogged by 14, 10 points late in the game, you can't fucking run the ball. But as long as Will Levis is just somewhat competent here, I don't need Will Levis to smack the Bucks up and throw four touchdowns. I don't need him to even beat the Buccaneers. All we need is this game to be close enough to where they can give Derrick Henry 18, 20, maybe 25 plus touches here. And recently, he's seen four targets in back-to-back weeks. Derrick Henry is a guy that heavily relies on the game script going his way. This being a positive game game script. And again, with Will Levis under center, it feels like the game script is going to be a lot more positive than with Ryan Tannehill. So right now, his expert consensus rankings on the week is running back 13. I got him a little bit higher at the RB10. At number 11, we got David Montgomery of the Detroit Lions going up against the LA Chargers in LA. Dealing with the rib injury, did practice in full on Wednesday. Something to monitor, but when you practice in full on Wednesday, that typically means you're going to be good to go on Sunday. Now I know there is going to be a lot of the Bait. It's going to be like Stephen A. Smith versus Skip Bayless in the fucking comment section. People going back and forth on Dave Montgomery versus Jameer Gibbs. And look, while I believe that Dan Campbell and Ben Johnson, this offense should be giving the rock more to Jameer Gibbs than they did early on the season, do I truly believe that they will do that? The answer is fuck no, baby. Through the first four starts of the season for Dave Montgomery, he scored a grand total of six touchdowns. If Jameer Gibbs starts getting more work, once it gets to the goal line, knock, knock on the door, you know who's coming in like the Kool-Aid man? It's David Montgomery. Now, maybe they ease him back in and maybe I'm wrong, but to be honest with you, if you're in the S tier, you're in the A tier, you're must starts. There's no way I can argue against sitting you. And I am not sitting down David Montgomery this week. Again, assuming he's fully healthy. I love the matchup against the Chargers as well. At number 12, we got Rashad with two A's white going up against the Tennessee Titans at home in Tampa. Now, the Tennessee Titans offense against the run early on in the season was just dominant, right? The Titans were locking up the run, but recently they've been kind of hit or miss weekly and Rashad White has been a top 12 running back in three straight weeks and was the RB1 last week. Now again, I'm not saying that the Titans defense is a pushover, but this feels like a pretty solid matchup for White for him to finish four straight times inside the top 12 of running back. I know, Nick, you've shit on Rashad White all season. You've said he he's not very efficient. He's not. He is not efficient at all. 
But it doesn't matter if you're going to be given as much opportunity as he's given weekly. And he's a guy that, seemingly, the week could be over. And you look at the score, and it's like, oh, this motherfucker had 15 carries, 6 receptions. And he scored 23 fantasy points because he found pay dirt. It wouldn't really be all that surprising. Moving now to the B tier again. All guys that most teams are starting. But, you know, it starts to feel a little bit grosser as we dip further and further into the rankings. If you guys have enjoyed thus far, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Join 30,000 of us that we are at now. I really appreciate you guys. Again, I owe it all to you guys. Without you guys, none of this is possible. So I really want to make sure that I always push this point home that without you guys... This doesn't exist, so I really do appreciate I love all of you guys, and, you know, you could have joined, you could have been one of the first subscribers, or you could have subscribed two seconds ago when I told you to, and I love you. So make sure you guys hit that like button as well. It does really help me out a ton. So, Bijan Robinson, running back 13. I don't know how much further down the rankings I can throw him. This guy is one of the most talented running backs in the NFL, but his head coach, Arthur Smith, suffers from dumb fuckitis. He's an idiot. He's a buffoon. But Bijan goes against the Cardinals. So even if they don't give Bijan enough carries, he should seemingly be able to, if he gets 15 total looks, take one of those to the crib and have a decent enough game. But again, I, as a Bijan owner, I, as a Bijan truther, am praying for the downfall, like that guy prayed for the downfall of Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire, right? I'm praying for the downfall of the Falcons so that Arthur Smith can get fucking fired going into the bye week. They got this game, then a bye week. Perfect time to mix things up. Shoot him out the cannon in the bye week. I'm tired of Arthur Smith. I'm sick of Bijan. But again, how much lower can we fucking rank him? Because he's so good. At number 14, we got A.A. Ron Jones of the Green Bay Packers going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh. Last week, we finally saw Aaron Jones back to a normal workload. He was the running back eight on the week, 73 rushing yards, 20 carries, 26 receiving yards, one touchdown, 18 fantasy points. Now, even though I'm someone that is kind of nervous about the Packers offense as a whole, we have seen Jordan love me tender, love me sweet, really love to dump the ball off five or six times a game to Aaron Jones, which adds a ton to his upside. If he can get 18 plus carries in this spot, even up against a tougher Steelers defense, I get Aaron Jones is getting up there in age a little bit. I get this isn't like prime Aaron Jones, but at the end of the day, this is a guy that we've seen put up three plus touchdowns in any given game, and even up against a tougher Steelers defense, I think that's possible. At number 15, we got Saquon Barkley going up against the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas. Now, the reason why I have Saquon Barkley ranked so low is we saw how bad things could go for the Giants week one against the Cowboys, where Saquon, I believe he fumbled the ball, and he was the running back nine, or he not the running back nine, he had nine fucking fantasy points running back 31 in the week. 12 rushes, 51 rushing yards, 12 receiving yards, right? Everything goes wrong. And there's a chance that everything goes very wrong yet again. Now, over the last three, uh, actually the last four games, he's been a top 16 running back every game. So I can't fully just shit all over this guy, Cleveland steamer him and dump him down the rankings. But again, there are a lot of question marks with Barkley and this whole Giants offense this week. And number 16, we got James Conner. Now, this is assuming that James Conner plays. He was designated to return from the IR. Conner has missed the last four games with a knee injury. Conner's 21-day practice window is now open, and the team will look to monitor his progress in practice. I expect him to come back and take over from Imari DiMarcado. Deontay Ingram, all these guys, as the lead back on the team. Matchup against the Falcons is pretty good. So, this is a guy that, when he was healthy, putting up he was putting up numbers this year. And with Kyler back, I think that helps out James Conner even more. 
Right now, his expert consensus rankings on Fantasy Pros running back 44, but I think that will get a strong boost once we get some more positive practice reports. Moving now to the C tier, running back 17 through 20. At number 17, we've got Kenneth Walker. Now, Kenneth Walker might be on lose your job watch. Now, I know, Nick, the Seahawks got dogged by the Ravens last week, so maybe that's why we saw more Zach Charbonnet. That's entirely possible. But with how much Pete Carroll has been in the media just gawk gawking Zach Charbonnet, sucking his schlong like it was his job, then it does kind of scare me. Now, again, am I ready to jump ship, abandon ship? No, but I'm starting to worry. Like, going up against the Commanders, if you said Nick, it's week six, right? He, he, he destroys the Bengals, right? He has a great game, running back seven on the week. So instead of week seven being against the Cardinals, where the demise kind of felt like it was going to start for Mr. Walker, say instead he's playing the Commanders. You'd be like, okay, this guy's a guaranteed top five running back. But now it's week 10. We've seen two down games out of Walker. We've seen more Charbonnet usage. And I'm officially scared. At number 18, we got Ramondre Steven season of the Patriots going up against the Colts. Ramondre was the RB2 last week, but he only had nine carries. Turned that into 87 rushing yards, six targets, four receptions, 42 receiving yards, and a touchdown. We all know that Ezekiel Elliott is not going away. Ezekiel Elliott is always going to rear his ugly head, which is a metaphor. I don't think he's that ugly of a guy. Pause. But at the end of the day, he's still going to be there. So is Stevenson. This is a great matchup for him. The game's in Germany. Maybe some crazy shit happens. And hopefully, Ramondre Stevenson has yet another solid game. He has been a lot more consistent over the last four weeks, though. So... I'm ready to give him his fair spot as the running back 18. I don't want to puff up my chest too much on Ramondre and say he's back, 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 guaranteed to be back. But hey, I got him in this decent range. You know, there, there's a lot of worry in this range. But again, as you get deeper into things, like I said, it starts to get even grosser. At number 19, we got Jameer Gibbs of the Detroit Lions going up against the LA Chargers in LA. Now, prior to the bye week, he was the running back one in three in back-to-back weeks, getting a shit ton of rushes, shit ton of targets. Let's see what happens with Montgomery. Now, again, I don't want to bury this guy, dig him a grave, throw him in the coffin, you know, lock the coffin up, throw away the key, right? But I'm also not here to say, hey, Gibbs is definitely going to get that workload that he got for the last two games because I think that's improbable. That is implausible, improbable, I guess, not very plausible to happen. So this is where he sits, running back 19. He's got big upside, but we saw he's probably going to finish, like, if Montgomery's the guy, like I think he will be, he'll probably be, like, the running back 18 to 24. So running back 19 to me feels very fair. At number 20, to close out the C tier, we got Gus Bus Edwards going up against the Browns. Now, I know Gus only saw five rushes last week, but the thing is, once they get to the goal line, Gus Edwards is going to score. It's like Jamal Williams last year with the Lions. Gus Edwards has a grand total of six touchdowns in the last three games. I get the matchup against the Browns is tough. It is rock solid. But if Gus continues to fall ass backwards into the end zone, we have to rank him higher than, you know, the running back 27, where the expert consensus rankings have him now on Fantasy Pros. Now, I could see where everything goes wrong. I could see where Gus Edwards, like he's Humpty Dumpty off the wall, falls down, plummets, shatters, cracks like an egg. But you can also see, hey, maybe he gets 10 carries this week. 
and he somehow scores two touchdowns. That would not be all that crazy. So again, while everyone's talking about Keaton Mitchell, everyone's talking about all the Justice Hill snaps, you have to snap back to reality and start thinking about how, hey, once push comes to shove, once the game actually happens, once they're on the two-yard line, you know who is getting the ball and his name is Gus Edwards. Moving now to the D tier at running back, running backs 21 through 25. But before we can break down these running backs, as well as all the rest of the running backs, all the way up until running back 36, I would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play NFL Pick'em in the whole entire universe, and today, they have a great offer for you guys, but first, I want to explain how the Pick'em game works. Now, this is being recorded on Tuesday morning, so there aren't as many choices right now as we get deeper and deeper into the week. There are going to be more picks for you guys to choose from. So right now, looking at the Carolina at the Chicago Bears Thursday night football matchup, we are going to go with Chuba Hubbard higher than 45 and a half rushing yards, and we're going to have to match that with at least one more pick from a different team. Now, right now, there's only one pick out for the Chicago Bears, so we're going to scroll all the way until some of the Sunday games, and we are going to go with higher than 246 and a half passing yards. I think CJ Stroud is going to have a solid game yet again up against the Bengals. If both of these picks hit, we will receive three times our entry fee. So if you put in a thousand, you'll get out 3,000. Obviously, you don't have to put in that much. You can put in as little as or as much as you choose up to the maximum for me is a thousand dollars. Now, if you want to do three picks, it's six times your entry fee. Four picks is 10 times and Five picks that they all hit is 20 times your entry fee. Now, if you live in one of the states listed on your screen right now and are new to Underdog and use promo code NOTORIOUS or click on the link in the video description, you'll receive a first match deposit bonus of up to $500. If you deposit $500, they give you an additional $500. If you do $100, it's an additional $100. $50, additional $50. $25, additional $25. The minimum deposit on Underdog is $10. If you have a gambling problem, please make sure that you call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back on into things here to start off the D tier running back 21. Can you do something for me? Javante Williams going up against the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. Now, Javante Williams, if he is given the amount of carries or not the same amount, right? Prior to the bye against the Chiefs, he gets 27 rushes. Now, do I expect 27 rushes against the Bills? Of course not. But if he can get 18 to 22 carries here against the Bills, he'll probably finish as a top 10 running back. But again... This is like Bizarro World in Denver. This is Bizarro World Russell Wilson. Bizarro World Sean Payton. So again, while I want to trust Javante Williams, my trust just isn't fully there yet. Now, assuming Javante Williams just gets a decent amount of carries, he will be a top 24 back. So I feel very confident in my ranking here. The upside is very high. But again, there's a chance that he just gets Hulk smashed by Sean Payton and doesn't get as many touches as I would like him to. At number 22, we got James Cook of the Buffalo Bills going up against the Denver Broncos at home in Buffalo. Now, it feels like Uncle Leonard Fournette is going to suit up in this game, and it feels like things have started to go very downhill for James Cook, and it doesn't just feel like it, it looks like it, right? Over the last five games, he was the running back eight once, and every game outside of that, he has been outside of the top 30 running backs in fantasy. Now, it's very clear when you're watching the games that James Cook hasn't just magically lost all of his luster, that he just magically turned to shit, right? He's still very solid. But the question is, how much work is he going to get if they're using Leonard Fournette as well as Latavius Murray and James Cook? Now, this is a wet dream matchup for Mr. Cook, so I'm going to keep him inside the top 24. 
But this game will be very telling for us. Because realistically, the Broncos, even with their defense, or the Bills, even with their defense being so bad, this should be a shellacking, a beatdown of sorts of the Broncos' defense, right? We should see James Cook maybe score twice in this game. But again, based on what we've seen recently, we shouldn't be very confident in that. At number 23, we got Chuba Hubbard of the Panthers going up against the Chi-Town Bears in Chicago. Running back 21 last week. Now, me and someone in the comment section got into a bit of an argument about Miles Sanders versus Chuba Hubbard. Look, Miles Sanders was okay last week, but to me, Chuba Hubbard on the season has been by a quarter mile better than Miles Sanders. Chuba's going to get the touches. Now, could he eventually lose his job back to Miles Sanders? Probably, but against the Bears, and I don't think Bryce Young's going to look as bad as he looked last week against the Colts. I think Chuba has some decent upside to be a top 15, top 16-ish back, and the touches are very safe, so that's why I've got him here inside the top 24. At number 24, we've got Alexander Mattison of the cold-like Minnesota Vikings going up against the New Orleans Saints. Now, last week was the second-best game on the season for Alexander Madison against the Falcons. 16 carries, 44 rushing yards, two targets, two receptions, 49 receiving yards, and a touchdown. Now, Joshua Dobbs basically revived this whole entire offense, right? You're watching the start of the game with Jared Hall in there. It was like, okay, Jared Hall is bad. Now, again, maybe it was just early game jitters. Maybe he could have figured it out, but it's like, okay, Madison's probably fucked until next week when Josh Dobbs can play. And then Josh Dobbs plays, and Madison looks good. Cam Akers tears his Achilles. So now the, you know, the looming... Cam Akers, who was kind of rumbling, bumbling in the distance, kind of, you know, sniffing up the ass crack, metaphorically, of Alexander Madison, is now gone. Sadly, obviously, I don't root for injuries. No one should. But Madison, now he's in a much better spot against the Saints. The Saints run defense, not as good as their pass defense. So I expect Madison to have a decent showing yet again. It seems like Dobbs is going to dump the ball off to him two or three times a game. And without Cam Akers... At least on the goal line, he's going to get a decent amount of looks. At number 25, we got Jerome Ford F-150 going up against the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. Now, I know that Jerome Ford was fully back last week. Firing on all cylinders, 20 carries, 7 targets, 5 receptions, right? All fine and dandy, right? The problem here is that he's playing the Ravens. Now, I know the Ravens' defense against the run isn't necessarily the best, but this feels like a potential disaster class game for Deshaun Watson. This feels like a kind of a game where Deshaun Watson needs a couple massages after this one because he's going to be getting put on his ass all game long. And I think that's going to limit Jerome Ford. Now, again, if he gets that many carries, could he sneak into the end zone? 100%. But based upon the matchup, while I do love Jerome Ford, I've been banging the drum for him ever since 9-inch Nicholas Chubb got hurt, sadly. This week just doesn't seem like the week where we want to get super high on and moving now to the E tier. We got running backs 26 through 29. At number 26, we got Brian Robinson. Now, I know what you might be thinking. Nick, you should probably rank Brian. Nick, you should probably rank Brian Robinson a little bit higher, you cocksucker. Well, his targets have kind of dipped down as of recently. Only two targets per game over the last two weeks. Last week, he got 18 carries, 63 yards, and a tug up against the Patriots. But now he's going up against the Seahawks. And I know, Nick, the Seahawks defense hasn't looked great as of recently. But the Seahawks defense has the ability to turn things on, flip the switch, throw a Viagra on, and get rock hard here. And I worry about that for Brian Robinson. Plus, 
Robinson hasn't looked as good recently compared to the beginning of the season. I think he's definitely a safe bet to finish inside the top 30, but I don't know if his upside will truly come to fruition this week against the Seahawks. At number 27, we got Najee Harris. Now, Najee Harris has been a top 22 back in three straight weeks and has scored a touchdown in two out of three of those games. He gets an amazing matchup up against the Packers, but the reason why I can't rank him much higher, he was the running back 12 last week, is because, again... Nothing to do with the matchup. This is a great matchup against the Packers run defense. But it's because I don't trust Najee Harris. This motherfucker averages 3.8 yards per carry. He is not good. Now, is he fine? Is he serviceable? Yeah, but he's not good enough to be receiving the amount of workload that he does. I think Jalen Warren should be seeing more touches than him, but he doesn't. So if he scores, you're going to be happy. If he doesn't, you're going to probably be very sad. So that is where we sit on things right now with Najee Harris. Until Kenny Pickett and this offense starts to look like how they looked in preseason, frankly, my there's too many worries for me about Najee Harris to rank him higher. His expert consensus ranking is running back 21. That is very fair. But again, when I have to put this guy in my lineup, it feels disgusting. It feels like when you ever do something bad in school, right, and then, you know, the teacher calls home, and you know when you get home, you're about to get a fucking whooping you know you're about to get hit with the belt you're about to get absolutely pumbled on right now did my parents do that of course not because that's uh that would be bad but you know what i'm saying everyone kind of knows what i'm saying right that's how it feels to start Najee harris you just feel like in your head there's like a looming like i'm about to just get beat the fuck out of now again this is all hypothetical situation but Najee Harris, it just doesn't feel great to throw him in your lineup. At number 28, we got Kareem Hunt. And again, never mind, we'll just keep going. At number 28, we got Kareem Hunt going up against the Ravens. My same worries about Jerome Ford apply to Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt has scored a grand total of five touchdowns over the last four games. He scored in all four of those games. He could score again here. But again, with the matchup and with Ford looking more healthy, I think we're to start fizzling down the usage of Kareem Hunt in Cleveland. At number 29, we got Jalen Warren going up against the Packers. Again, I love Jalen Warren. He was the running back 14 last week. He looks way better when he gets the ball compared to Najee Harris. He has a lot more decisiveness in his run when he hits the hole. He hits that shit hard. But at the he hits it like John Jones, Conor McGregor left hand, right? But again... Matt O'Canida is too stupid to actually give him enough touches for me to rank him higher. Moving now to the F tier, running backs 30 and 31, we got Zach Moss at running back 30. Now, I know some people argue that he should be ranked higher, but it does feel like, it just really feels like his touches are going to keep dwindling away. It's like when you got one of those little sand clocks, you know what I'm talking about, where you, you flip it over and the sand starts dribbling down until you get to the bottom when it's like a minute, you know, or two minutes when you got to brush your teeth. That was a weird looking uh, move I just made. Pause. But... Yeah, that's what it feels like. You know, the sand is dripping down. The touches are dripping away from Zach Moss. Now, could he fuck around, get 10 touches, score a touchdown? Yeah, he could. But with the touches dwindling away, I think it's kind of time that we kind of shut the book almost on Zach Moss. Number 31, we got down to Foreman. Now, Foreman should be the lead back this week, but Khalil Herbert more than likely is going to play. So that puts this with Foreman, Roshan, and Herbert all getting touches. Now, again, I think they're going to ease Herbert back, so we'll see mostly Foreman. But just like the George Foreman grill, Dante Foreman isn't the best. So if his touches get healed back a little bit, running back 31 feels kind of like 
Like, running back 24 is probably a ceiling. Now we move to the G tier, running backs 32 through 36. This is the tier where it's like, you got to pray to the football gods above. Something great happens to you for these guys to do well. Number 32, Devin Singletary. Probably no Damian Pierce again, but that is still something to monitor. Even without Damian Pierce, though, last week and in a game where the Texans were dancing all over the grave of the Bucks, this motherfucker had five points. He's just not very good. The matchup against the Bengals is fine, but if you're looking for more than 10 points, you probably shouldn't come Devin Singletary's way because he hasn't done that once this season. At number 33, we got Tyler Algier. Now, the usage of Tyler Algier, again, just befuddles me week in and week out. Again, we need Arthur Smith to be fired out of a cannon, but we know Smith will probably give Algier enough touches to really frustrate us. And he'll probably crack the top 32 or 34-ish range. At number 34, we got Zach Charbonnet. Now, Charbonnet is very risky because we don't know if they're really going to take the touches away from Walker or if maybe it was a bit of a Fugazi move the last two weeks. You know, a little fake. We'll see on Sunday against the Commanders. The upside's high, but again, there's a lot of risk involved. At number 35, we got Keaton Mitchell. This man went crazy last week. Nine touches, or nine rushes, 138 rushing yards. One target, one reception, negative four yards. One total touchdown, 20 fantasy points, RB number five. This week, he gets a much tougher task in the Browns. And maybe we just saw a lot of Mitchell because the game was out of hand and they wanted to give him some run. Let's see what happens this week. He is a desperation start at best. Number 36, we got Justice Hill. Now, this man saw the most amount of snaps by far. I think he had 48 snaps. The other two had 12. And he finished with four fantasy points. So that just kind of tells you the situation this backfield is in right now where it's kind of gross to play any of them. But again, my confidence lies in Gus Boss Edwards. Thank you guys all so much for watching. If you haven't been enjoying, make sure you smash that subscribe button down below like it owes you some money. Hit that like button as well, whether you are new to the channel or not. I love you guys all so much. I hope you have a great rest of your guys' day. Check out one of the videos on your screen if you haven't seen them already. Love you, as always. Be back later tonight, Thursday night football live stream prior to the game, answering all your guys' questions. Love you. Have a great one, as always. Good.